What is going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Memorial. As usual, I'm here with everyone's favorite big-headed Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, what is up, my friend? <laughs> that, that threw me off last week. I forgot to remind everyone this show is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. And, of course, our friends at Fantasy National. Head on over to fantasynational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off your first payment. But uh, the big-headed part threw me off. We're good, though. Um, <laughs> speaking of big-headed, these guys are, are going to be pretty big-headed soon. I think we had uh, two of the biggest winners on tour in a playoff again yesterday. Burns and Scheffler, good buddies. We heard the stories at the Masters playing cards together and rooming together and all these factors. And they get in the playoff together. It was very chatty for a playoff right out of the gate, walking up. As soon as they got to after the approach shot, though, a little bit quiet, but for Burns to go back again, uh, you know, I, I won some good money with Burns back at the Valspar when, against Davis Riley, who we'll talk about later. And uh, when he was off, the, he was on the fringe there, not off the green, but on the fringe, popped it up, put it in. He doesn't waste a lot of time, but I don't know if you watched the replay, Kenny, and then I'll get your thoughts on the event. Like, did you see where Scotty was standing? So he walked and did his aim point, Burns. He goes and sets his thing up and Scheffler's just there like arms crossed chilling in the middle of his basically his line he's right-handed so dude is right in front of him in that line of sight just doesn't even look pops it right in his mouth and then Scheffler's just like what the hell do I do so uh pretty incredible for Burns obviously Scheffler's already having the season of a a lifetime if you could you know if you won that I think they said the stat was something like the first time uh I forget who since like Tiger hasn't even won that before June 1st that was the stat that they put out there Watson 1980 there you go. You've got it. So uh, I think that's going to go around. People will talk about it, but I do think that putt that Burns made, it's just another one, man. The guy is just so Did he do good. that before the win? Didn't he hit like a 50 footer to win previously this year? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Well, that's what I was just saying. At, at the Valspar, okay. he dropped in, in the playoff against Davis. Davis Riley's in the rough, thinking they're both going to, because they're both off the green technically. And Burns just walks right up, spent like 10 seconds figuring it out, walks back, says, fuck it, hits his putt and drops it in and it just wrapped in at the back end Riley chips has to chip in now and he missed and it's over it's just one of those things but to do it again with Scheffler way back but Scheffler's right in front of him I thought that was just pure stones and Burns continues to to crush it Scheffler didn't seem to care too much I saw his Instagram post back at the got to that wedding he he made it no problem and he was all smiles so is what it is for him I mean it was pretty hard to watch Sunday like (laughs) afternoon it was it was a difficult difficult tournament to watch. Um, I mean, at one point, I think when the, when the leader started on the back nine or five guys at ten under par, tied for the lead. I think only two of them finished minus uh, eight, uh, either minus eight or better, better than minus eight. Um, I don't know what happened to eight three three. It's weird because he's done that like multiple times yeah you know what i'm saying you could almost call it going full hv3 like we do it with keegan i know it's hard to say because supposedly he's like the nicest guy on tour like we know i know gup is actually like friends with him and talks yeah, to I, him. I got to meet um, him too like guy is yeah. a very nice guy yeah. yeah like super nice super affable but this is not like the first time this has happened and so I, I i just hope there's no mental block in his head that or if there is he can get over it uh, because we've seen this multiple times on Sundays now. And it's not like, and the thing is, it's two wins where, you know, the Saudi field was pretty strong up top. I mean, at least the first 20 golfers after that, it was like 1,250th ranked golfer in the world. But the, the top end was strong. 
And then when he won the Aussie Open a few years ago, that wasn't the worst field for for uh, an event uh, overseas. Um, I, I don't know what's up with him. That that was horrible. That that four putt was just agonizing. Uh, I had Davis Riley live. I bet him uh, Thursday after round one, and I normally don't do live bets twenty five to one or less. He was twenty five to one, but he been playing so well. Uh, I had to throw him out there, and of course, you know, he went double double bogey uh, on back-to-back on 14 and 15 to ruin his chances. Uh, there's nobody wanted to win. Scott Stallings went down. It, it was, it was really, really hard to watch. It was sort of reminiscent. Uh, I mean, and the conditions played a part. Yeah. You know, the wind, I was going to say, I, I'm not yeah. to cut you off, but I definitely think it was conditions. Like it, conditions it wasn't like guys were shitting their pit. Like this wasn't like Scheffler even. He, he had to make all three shit his pants. He did for sure. I'm saying, but it's not like the whole board did. Like I thought Riley made some mistakes, but Riley stayed in it, gave you a shot. He did stay in it. He did stay in it. And others, like there was guys there, but man, it was really tough. And honestly, when when uh, well, winners, had that winners first find par, a way to par out, winners find a way to par out, par out. You, know, you got and, and that you know, well, Scheffler did his job, but, but yeah, at the same time, Scheffler you did. could say you could say Scheffler didn't because what, it didn't make a single birdie. I know, I know. Those were all par yeah. saves, so he did his yeah. job to get those to the par, par saves out. are pretty fucking incredible too. He yeah. was making like twenty they were very nice. par. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, oh man, he's, he won again. Uh, yeah, so it was it was a little hard to watch. Uh, uh, I had Cam Davis in there too. He he shot even par. It was just tough conditions. Uh, you know, last couple of weeks, tough golf, and we're going to it again. Another another tough course uh, this week. I mean, it was still all right to watch. I enjoyed watching it. I wanted Davis Riley to go forward a little bit more, get the win, but of course, it didn't happen. And and then the Burns thing, yeah, and two two of the top guys in the field won. So um, it was it was an okay event. I I didn't hate it. Uh, I lost a shit ton of money. Uh, I've been really shitty in cash here recently. Like since the stroke, I think I've won like two of eight weeks. I just can't get last. I mean, it's always been three or four in my casket corner. So I can't get the four or four last week is two or four with Harmon and answer both missing and cut. So trying to rebound, you know, it's always ups and downs. You're always going to go ups and downs. Um, so hopefully, so bring us back to a, an upward mobility GPPs. The um, burns winning actually saved me because I had a pretty, pretty strong amount of burns uh, in DFS. Um, and, and it basically broke even in GPP, so I didn't lose too much. I could have. Sheffield won, I would have lost my ass, basically, is what it comes down to. Uh, but anything else about the event? I, I was just going to say a couple things. One on the Finau, or sorry, the HV3 factor. So, first off, Finau was up the board, and some of those guys battled up. So, I was very, I was actually very happy it went to the playoff because it was Burns coming out in conditions he didn't play in, and Scheffler, who just played through it. So, I, I like if it didn't go to that. It's not, I I love events like this. I personally love this week, the Memorial. I love the U.S. Open coming up. I I love tough golf, but I'm saying it's it's not that I was missing the birdie fest atmosphere. I wasn't expecting that or even caring that we weren't getting birdies. It was that it's kind of annoying when like the front of the morning gets to the top of the board and all the afternoon is just watching guys par bogey double to just fall down the board. And there's not much they could do. Like you can say they're all playing the same course and they are for those guys. But it does take it out as from a viewing experience a little bit. So I was happy it went to the playoffs so we could see two top dogs, buddies against each other, big winners on the season. Somebody was getting their, you know, the combined seventh win for that combo. And, and it's how it worked out was Burns. And so that made it fun for me in the end. Uh, you know, it wasn't a great week DFS wise. And then the HV3 thing, I wonder if it's a little to do with the conditions, because like, I don't think it's a mental thing. The guy, like you said, he just won in Saudi. He comes out and plays good for a bunch of rounds. It's not, it's just like, it was at Beth page, wasn't it? Where, you know, he with Brooks in the group that he fell apart there. It was, wasn't until, I mean, even on 12, I believe it was the Holy crippled here. He had like 
uh, or crumbled, I should say. He had like a, an 80-yard shot into the green. And then it's like you said, it was like a four putt. And then it goes downhill from there. But that next tee shot was a very tough tee shot into the wind. And he pushed it. And like, I don't know, it feels more like it's the conditions. And he also uh, seems like the type from just watching it, like you mentioned, where it's like once something goes down, maybe that's where it sneaks in a little bit and it, and it yeah. goes down from there. But, uh, you know, we love, we love the guy. I want to see him continue yeah. to do well. I think he's getting his win on PGA tour on the PGA tour soon. I just think these conditions were not helpful. And once you make a big error like that, it is tough to rebound. And sure enough, uh, you know, it was just crazy because I think it was 10 under down to even par. Like that's quite the drop off. So yeah. In nine holes, oh, it's seven holes, six holes. It's almost yeah. Unfathomable. You know, you I don't mean, see yeah. that. Yeah. No, yeah. People were no. saying like their T20 mm. tickets went to bed. <laughs> it's like that. You're like, okay, he's not winning mm. for me anymore, but now mm. I'm not getting T20. Like, am I even getting T40 if I've got it? Like, you have to think yeah. about it. And oh, lastly, too, because we're going to talk about a lot of these guys in this field. If you didn't know or seen the betting board or even the DraftKings numbers, like Riley, Mito, Cam Young, not this past week, but here this week, these guys are all priced up now to like the real deal. So we'll get to that. But Mito, we talked about him last week. The name of the pod was the Mito Molinari, just sort of mocking nope. it a little bit. But the guy came back T7, a 22-foot par on 18 just to close it out. Uh. And again, I don't think it bothered him at all. Maybe this week we see a letdown. We'll talk about him later. But damn, this guy is just that good. It did not really phase him, in my opinion. Uh, he came was, out and got was, the job done. It was funny. As the week went on, I decided I was going to play one of the two heartbroken golfers. It was Al Torres or Mito. Uh, I decided to play Willie Z, of course, and he missed the cut. So, yeah, yeah that's how my week went. Because I, yeah, I thought I'd play both. And I think like, these guys are young. Maybe they can get past. I mean, Mito's not that young. I mean, he was like 27. I think he's young yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was like, you know, on the pot, I was like, maybe he can get over it. If he gets over it and his ownership is really, really low, could be worth it. And then I sort of went back and forth with Willie Z and him. I just went with the who I thought was the better player. Uh, with Willie Z to, to bounce back on. And of course he missed the cut. The more, so. the more expensive guy that never wins. Yeah. I, yeah you know what yeah. the funny part is, Kenny, we're, cause we're going to get into it. I, I make fun of me of um, Willie Z so much, but I'm, I'm like a huge fan of Riley young and Mito. Like, I just love all those dudes. I couldn't say nothing bad about them. And it's really, I went ahead. I went ahead. Thing. I think one of them could win this week. Easy. I bet all three. I bet all three of those guys this week. We've seen yeah. young guys break out here before what bryson morikawa we've seen it over the last couple of years guys that you know we thought were going to be real good win this event and then it just sort of kickstarts them into their into their career uh it's a huge I win all, when, you, when you shake jack yeah, Nicholas's hand, when you come off yeah. the green and that's just like a like you said it's a catapult just to take off with it and i can definitely see it yeah. as much as those numbers are crazy when you think about it and just look at them on paper they're not because these guys yeah. have just shown it like cam young People wrote, I think people were, you know, talking about how, how good he played based on some of his results. But I remember at RBC Heritage, I wasn't on him for sure. I was like, there's no way at this course. Nope, crushes it there. Like, we've all had right and wrong guys and been, been good on these guys and bad on them. But I think that guy is just the one that for me stands out the most. Not just because he won me the most money, but because I just love his all-around game. And he just, over a four-foot putt, he's the guy that I want. Or a five-foot clutch putt that's the guy I want. And he proved it for me a couple of weeks back and he just continues to do it. So we'll talk about him when we get into it. Anything else on the Charles Schwab challenge that you want to talk about, Kenny? No, I did. I did play around in golf today. Okay. Uh, I, I did play around in golf today and uh, it was tough. It's hard to play golf with like out your vision on the left side of your, of, of your vision, because you know how you're going and you're going and you're swinging. And like, I cannot see the ball off my, club face so i have no idea where my balls go 
So I'm basically playing blind golf now and it sucks. I need to get my vision better. I need to finally quit smoking, get it done. Uh, but th- th- that's going to be the goal. And the, re- the, the thing that's going to jumpstart me into really trying to get this eye better is playing golf because yeah. it is so frustrating trying to hit a golf ball. And you're like, man, I think I hit that well. And, and you swing and you look and you're like, I have no idea. No clue. It's no clue. already hard enough to keep track yeah. of it at times. So basically, every time like, I play, I have to have the whole thing. group watching my ball every time I hit the ball, and it's, it sucks. It's worse. It's embarrassing. Uh, I mean, it's because I'm blind. Uh, but yeah, so, so that sucked today. And the fucking rough was like only about two and a half inches thick, but the balls were just settling on the bottom. It felt like I was playing like some crazy Bermuda grass where you just couldn't get a lot. It was tough out there in the street. I shot 102. I'll take it uh, with playing blind. Uh, out there on the course and it was a nice day uh you don't you guys don't do memorial day uh in canada do you uh not today no but uh, yeah. I, I thought i would let you speak to that part being the uh, the american on the show but yeah, uh, yeah. go, go ahead and, yeah yeah you know so it was it was a decent day and then of course it is memorial day to, to all our soldiers out there fallen and still serving we we, we salute you uh on the fantasy golf generous podcast on this holiday all right let's move on to no listener league last week, right? Why don't we talk right. about the listener league? Yeah, for sure. So we didn't have it last week. We apologize. We talked to it, you know, talked to the guys over at DraftKings, got a rep back. So have the listener league. It's already posted out. I tweeted out today at Totag and Tambo. You're going to want to follow me there because a couple other things I'm going to talk about, but the listener league is back. So we'll have a winner for this week. It's the same balance structure. It's the same $5, three max. It's got everything that you expect with it uh, around 18% or so gets paid. The faster we fill it, the more we have a chance to grow it up to 1,500 is the goal to get it to for the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is a huge one. We love that one. So I want to get that one to 1,500, get a bigger prize pool there for sure. So fill that thing up. And then I want to talk real quick, Kenny, because we we don't do this enough and with not having a Listener League segment this week, uh, the comments last week, uh, some really sharp contents, or or, sorry, comments, our guy and content that was in there, but uh, our guy, Jason Lustbader, I believe uh, we met him down at the the uh, DFS open. He yep. came and he stayed was, with us there. He posted he was the in JT our group. Fade. He was in our foursome. For he, the was. DFS open. He, he posted the JT fade, had a real good reason on it there. It ended up working out. Obviously there were some other good ones in there as well, but uh, almost a hundred comments, almost 200 likes. So you guys are going to want to continue to do that. Another thing with getting our rep and back with the listener league, I got confirmation. So at least one, but likely two $100 tickets for the U S open Millie maker that we're going to be giving away uh, of course, going to have to follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. You're going to have to leave a comment, and we're going to stick with the same thing for this week. Might remind you later, but if not, easy to remember. It's who's your fade, $8,000 and above, and why. Just who you want to fade and what your thoughts are. Put that in there. It takes two seconds. Hit the like button at the same time. That's where we're going to take the drawings from. And then this week, I think 13 or 14, we got, a, we got another 13 or 14 um, rating. So if you're on Apple podcasts, five-star rating and a review is what we're doing for extra ballots. Like I said, it's likely, uh, I'll just say right now, it's going to be $200 tickets. And even if they only give me one, I'll put the second one in myself. So we're definitely going to give away two $100 us open Millie maker tickets. So if you can do that for us, we definitely appreciate it. And that's all I got, Kenny. I think that's it for the Lister league. Like I said, fill it up quickly. Cause we want to get the, the much bigger one for the U S open. All right, let's get to this week. The, you know, PGA tour, we go to Ohio. Um, Murfield Village, of course, Jack's tournament, the memorial. You know, last year, Jack redid the course 
uh, pretty majorly. Uh, you know, all the grass on the fairways and greens were redone, uh, adjusted the bunkers, uh, changed the contours on the green, added a bunch of new tees, and new tee boxes were put in to lengthen the course about 100, 150 more yards uh, when maxed out. Um, you know, the course lengthening, fairway grass change, and redoing the bunkers, not that big of a deal. Uh, but the work on the green is very important. Uh, first off, residing the greens usually leads to firmer um, conditions the first few years as the gr grass grows in. Uh, the greens were crazy firm in 2020, which is prior uh, to the work, uh, which led to one of the more difficult scoring conditions the course has ever seen. Uh, last year with the new greens, Rom dominated the course shooting minus 18, of course, uh, until in three rounds before his COVID withdrawal, but no one else shot better than minus 13 for the week. And only a handful of golfers reached double digit under par. Um, unless there's a deluge of rain, I expect we see the same tough scoring conditions uh, this year. Jack wants this course to play as hard as it possibly can, hard but fair, uh, as it possibly can. And with the rain they have had this year so far, you know, uh, getting the rough where he wants it and, and the greens as firm as he wants it because they also added a new sub-air system should be pretty easy for him. He can do whatever the hell he wants uh, with this rough and with the firmness of these greens, as long as, once again, there's not like a deluge. And, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, maybe. We'll have to see about that. Could have some, some effect on the scoring with early morning wave guys. Maybe having an easier go of it while that sub-air system kicks in and makes those greens a little bit firmer. It's possible. We're still three days out. We'll have to check that out when we get closer to um, uh, to, to, to lock. Uh, now, you know, lots of course history uh, here. But again, I don't know how much you can really take into account. Uh, especially guys who putted well here in the past, uh, you know, different contours of the green, different green shapes. Uh, it, it, it's not the same that it used to be. And now, granted, bent grass, rolling, undulating contour greens. If they put well on that, they should probably put well on that all the time. But just something to keep an eye out. Uh, you know, it's not the same as it was two years ago. So, I, you know, course history, you might want to bump it down just a touch. Uh, just a touch if you are a course history truther out there. Uh, Mirrorfield Village. Uh, uh, 75, 100 yard, par 72, four par threes, four par fives, most of which are reachable in two unless they use the back tees. Uh, off the tee, golfers are going to see tree line fairways that are above average in width until the 300 yard mark off the tee. After that, the fairway narrows uh, a lot after the 300 yard marker. Uh, there are deep fairway bunkers and water in play on 11 holes. Uh, water is quite tricky here. Uh, the creeks sometimes run all the way along the side of the entire hole, sometimes right across the middle of the whole, middle of the fairway. Uh, now with the wide fairways, you'd think this is a driver heavy course, uh, but in 2019, it ranked in the bottom 10 of courses on tour in driving distance with an average driving distance of around 282 yards. Uh, last year, the average driving distance was only 285. Uh, so, you know, some people just don't, they don't want to mess around with that four and a half inch rough. Uh, and then another thing about this, you know, you know, they must avoid the trouble that surrounds the fairways that rough Plus the bunkers, the fairway bunkers, really, really hard to hit out of. I think something like um, uh, it's a 60% bogey rate on this course. If you bogey or worse rate, if you hit it in one of those fairway bunkers, this is all uh, over time. So, you know, those bunkers, extremely tough uh, to hit out of. The four and a half inch rough, extremely tough to hit out of. So, you know, you see, but you still see you see around 70 plus percent of fairways hit on this course. So that tells me people are hitting less the driver to avoid these troubles that they are having uh, around the green. 
Um, now, uh, where was I? I just lost my place. Now, even though the greens now uh, now on approach shots, it's very very good. It's gonna be very important to leave the ball under the hole. Uh, a lot of the greens slope from back to front pretty heavily. Uh, even though the greens have been reconfigured, this uh, you know this fact still remains the same. You want to hit it in front of the green. It's almost if you hit it past the past the green over the green, and the and the flag is in the back half of the green, it's almost an auto bogey. Uh, so again, iron play. Uh, you know, keeping it short of the hole, very, very important. Uh, now, now, golfers, now, it's almost, it, oh, there we go. The softening of this course from rain has drastically changed the difficulty in the past. Uh, in 2015, the course is soft, and the average daily score is under par, making Muirfield Village the 23rd most difficult course on tour. Uh, 2013, really, really dry. It was like the sixth most difficult course on tour. Uh, now, with the state-of-the-art sub-air systems, it's possible that, you know, a light rain, might not do much. Now, a deluge, again, it's going to make it a little bit easier out there because it's going to keep those greens a little bit softer. I mean, sub-air can only do so much if there's a inches of massive amounts of rain uh, the night before or during an event. Uh, now, the, the greens are, you know, usually going to be really, really firm, really, really fast, uh, you know, 13 plus on the stint. They do use bent grass. The greens are, of course, are going to be somewhat hilly, undulating, and multi-tiered. Final three-hole stretch, pretty tough. A uh, long par three, a couple of long par fours. A uh, very, very tough way to end the week. You know, good iron play, good short game play. That's probably what you're going to need this week. And, of course, a hot putter. Tambo. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of, I thought you were going to say something else after that. So yeah, yeah, exactly what you said there. I use this course, you know, every year, pretty much the same way. I know that the renovation happened. I know all these factors, but it's still for me, a heavy tee to green course. I'm just looking at overall. I want the long-term, I think all the Augusta national golf club sort of comps that you'll hear and things like that are definitely true. But I think what you said there, one of the key points that you brought up that I just think rings true is, you know, some experience at courses like that and, and here because, and, and most of them have played both is because it's like you said, you have to know where to put the ball. It's not just about being able to execute the shots. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. And that's why you'll see some randoms pop up on these leaderboards as well. Maybe they've got a past history here or anything like that. We've seen some past winners that are pretty crazy. It's just a matter of knowing where to put the ball and being able to play it from there. So I like that call that you brought up. Um, you know, approach, always a big factor. Playing out of the fairways is the biggest key. As you mentioned here, that rough is just a problem. You're going to have to, you know, chip out of it, chop out of it, whatever you want to say. And it's already tougher up there around the greens and things like that. So uh, another thing too, just a couple of things real quick before we get into it, Kenny, just when, if we talk through the notes, don't forget about the, I'm calling it the workday version, the quote unquote workday version, even though this is still kind of presented by workday or whatever, just remember they did play the easier conditions in the, the COVID restart where they went back to back. And it wasn't that it, you know, it's still the same course. It's just, it was definitely not set up the same way. And obviously the scores dictated that. So keep that in mind when we're going through it. And then lastly, just the strategy piece before we get into the tiers, like it's going to be, it's a 120 man event. There's almost, I think 70 guys that are in the six K range. So guys will come through at the bottom. You can play guys at the top. There's, you know, it's a strong field for sure, but also just the fact of like uh, how it sets up where uh, you know, the ownership, if you go back to any major or anything like this, even at like the, the masters, it's less guys like 95 or whatever. And only 70 of them are playable. You still only see like 10 guys, above 15%, give or take 10, 12 guys. It just doesn't get the same congestion because in every range, everybody has their guys. So at the end of the day, I think we'll look at that and ownership will definitely play a factor for me. But you know, when we're looking at it here, I think that's a key thing to remember when you get to the end of the week, don't go off of a guy because you found out he's, you think he's going to be 17 
to percent owned to move to a guy that's 14% owned. Like it just doesn't matter at that point, play the guy that you want to play and feel good about putting your money behind. So I always bring that up at these events, but I definitely think the ownership, the pricing is decent. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Actually. It's still soft though, right? It's still like major esque pricing. So that leads to the ownership separation and we'll know kind of, I think as we're going through it, some of it, but the, the area Kenny that I have the toughest time with right now is at the very top. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, before we get to the top, though, let's do as Kenny always says, and let's pay some bills. Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals? With the DraftKings Same Game Parlay, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 same-game parlay and won over $5,000. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot on an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FGD. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code FGD only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's get to these tiers. Let's go 10K and above. Tampa, where are you going this week? Yeah, I, I really struggle up here. I think I like three guys, but I don't know who two of them are. I'll talk about the first one I know for sure, though. And you and I talked a little bit pre-show on this. I said I'll save it for the pod. But I think here's the deal. If, if you've been playing John Rom, this is not the spot to get off. Like, obviously, we know what his history is. We know the six-stroke lead last year and then the COVID withdrawal, like the, the positive test after round three, but won it the year before, even with taking that two-stroke penalty on the, the sort of Patrick Reed-esque touching the ground before the ball. I want to rip on Reed a little bit. We'll talk more about later him later. And I actually kind of like him now that he's sort of ditched the, the PXG driver and has been playing some better golf. When you talk about this all the time with Reed, I'm skipping ahead, but you talk about all the time with Reed, longer, harder courses. That's where he shows up. I think it's courses over 7,400 yards. What do we have here? What's he been doing? It's an interesting play, but I'm not going away from Rom. I don't care. Um, you know, he'll get ownership still too, because there's other people like me that are doing it. The course sets up perfectly well, but we do have an interesting dynamic up here, Kenny, because Cantlay and Morikawa have the history. They were literally in the playoff together last year. Cow was the, you know, won the workday version and then the playoff last year. The, uh, I call it again, the workday version, the easier version. Cantlay is the two-time winner now based on the big asterisks last year, but he still closed out and got the job done. So I don't know where ownership is going to really go up here. And I think this is where we could see some separation con- contrary to what I said before, because the, that's why I said the top would be the hardest part to figure out. Now, Rory has been playing great on paper and you see the results, but we remember the Masters, the PGA Championship, those were sort of, you know, he wasn't winning the thing. It was just, he was there and had a chance. He, he gave the same feel at the PGA championship, you had four birdies and five holes. Here we go again. Then it just disappeared. I don't even remember if you had a birdie after that. So that's the situation with Rory and then Xander 11th, 13th, 14th, 14th, including the workday version. And all those top finishes, uh, I believe one of those was when he went like plus eight, he was super chalk. He went like plus eight on day one and then battled back to finish top 15 on the event. Like, you know, the whole world was tilting him obviously after the first day. So he's just a grinder here. And with me playing Rom up top, I have to make a decision on these next four. I've got Rory and Cantlay pretty close, and I've got Morikawa and Xander pretty close. So, you know, probably uh, end up just going based on ownership on those two guys there. Uh, I like Rory and Xander more than the guys that were in the playoff last year. 
But I mean, if it flips heavily and everybody else likes the same thing, that's, there's nothing bad to say about those other guys. It's just, you know, their price, I guess someone could say about Cantlay at 10, seven and the miscut at the PGA championship. And now he comes back to a course that he's done very well at. So uh, made a good living at so far. Yeah, I mean, I like Morikawa. He's going to be my favorite play. He's going to be my highest stone golfer this week. I mean, think about it. The guy's still been amazing with his irons. He just can't make a putt to save his life. Now, you know, he two of his highest strokes gain putting numbers have come on this course. Uh, two of his highest, two out of like his top like six or seven highest strokes gain numbers ever in an event have come on this course. Now, one was a work day. Uh, that was prior to the renovation. And one was last year. Uh, he gained 5.1 strokes with his putter with the new greens. Um, so I like that. Uh, and you know, he's going to hit the ball. Well, uh, you know, you know, he gained seven strokes with his irons last week, for God's sakes, you know, uh, this is a second shot course. Give me more Kawa and just hope and pray. He is average, putter. just hope and pray he's an average putter. Uh, I'll go ahead and take that. I bet him as well at 18 to one uh, on that. Uh, if he could just putt average, he can win this event pretty easily. If he just keeps his irons the way he needs to be. So I'm going more Cowie. He's my favorite play in this. My, my first cash game cornerstone is going to be Xander. I don't want to, didn't want to use more cow just because I want more cow to be my highest own in GPPs. Uh, if you want to use more cow in, in cash, I got no problem with that either. Uh, I'm going to go use Xander. Uh, you know what, what he has like four straight top 15s here or something like that. Uh, you know, he's, he's been having, you know, a pretty good season. I mean, like, I wouldn't say people are saying he's been struggling this season, but the guys had like a bunch of top 10s, a bunch of top 15s. Um, you know, I guess since the century, 12, 34, 3rd, 13th, miscut, 12th, miscut, 5th, and 13th. Um, you know, I'm probably not going to bet him, but in cash, I'll take him and get a top five. Maybe he could come in and do something here. Um, yeah, so I like Xander. Uh, he's been playing pretty well, and I like that price tag to start in cash. Uh, let's go to this 9K. I'm going to play others, but those are, those are the two guys I'm going to go ahead and start with. In the 9K range, I'll go with my two cash game cornerstones. I'm going to go with the two euros uh, down below. 9,100 Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, what a season. I mean, like, you know, top 10 after top five after top 10. The guys has been playing really well, gaining 25 yards on his drive, pounding the ball out there like he's like he's John Rom. You know, I, I, he's hitting the ball really far, really long, really straight. Uh, you know, that, that, that's pretty good to have. He has a short game. Uh, you know, his, his iron game's not the best, but it's not the worst. He does good at avoiding the big numbers, and he's really good on par fours. You need to be good on par fours here, especially longer par fours. Uh, and, and he's, he's above average uh, in, in, in that field here. Um, and then, so, so I like uh, Fitzpatrick uh, in this event. So I'm going to go, and he, he doesn't miss many cuts. Uh, yeah, he does. I think he's missed one here in like six tries. He's only missed a couple of this season. Uh, so I'm trying to get some cuts, even with only 120 uh, in the field. I, I, I want a 404 bad. So let me, let me try and get this this week. Next, Lowry's been playing well. Again, the model has him ranked number two uh, this week for me. Uh, again, no, no big numbers. Good with the longer irons. Good on longer par fours. Uh, he's everything that I want uh, this week. So I'm going to go ahead. Those are my two cash games cornerstones in the 9k range if i'm going to go gp and when i go gpps i don't know maybe hovland again uh, you know in the last 50 he's actually better he's been better than morikawa uh with his iron play uh again so i'll go with with the approach gay i don't know how pe people are gonna be about him i feel like his price has dropped down uh to this and it seems like value because i mean it's not like the guy's a, a, you know, a 
horrible player or he's not like he's playing awful. He's not playing his best right now, but you know, he could turn it on. Uh, and his iron game is so strong. I, I like him at this course. Uh, you know, so I'm going to go ahead and play a little Victor. I mean, if you look from 150 to 175 and 175 to 200, he's eighth and second in the last 50 rounds in this field. That's where the majority of all your approaches are going to come from. Uh, he's top five in 450 to 500. The majority of your par fours are going to be that length. I like Hovland. Yeah, I don't hate that call either, just because the, the main worry is what we said, you know, the PGA Championship. It can be the same issue here. Obviously, he's not great out of the sand. He's not great around the greens, but everything else is pretty much perfect. He's going to put it in the fairway. He's, if you're in the fairway here, you hit more greens. He should be able to do that, and he could just grind his way through that. He doesn't make a bunch of huge mistakes. That's the thing about him, right? Like, even when he has those bad around the green shots. You're talking about Hava? Yes. He has, like, one really bad one around, like a, a, an event. That's what I'm saying. That could be costly. It could. I'm saying, but if he fight like we talked earlier, he has like that one. He has that one where he chips it over the green, leaves the the chip like leaves the putt, leaves a second chip like 12 feet short, misses it, gets a double or triple. He does that once an event. Hopefully, he can avoid that. You're right. Hopefully, Uh, but but I have an alternative piece for that. I'm glad you brought that up because you know, like first off, your parents teach you everybody makes mistakes, right? We got to learn from them. But we talked earlier about Xander, and this was a few years back now, but when Xander shot that plus eight in round one and then battled back to like a top 15, mm. Hovland might make that just one mistake, not yeah. eight mistakes or whatever, yeah. and yeah. still be able to battle back and get the job done. Again, it worries me about the around the green stuff. But what I will say, even back to your Fitz call, uh, Fitz, as good as he seems on paper, still could worry some people at 9.1. And the only reason I say it is because Lowry looks like a slam dunk. You go to the models, he's like one or two. Everything looks good. He's got anything going for him. He's got it. The approach, driving, uh, the long irons, the sand play, every, anything you want to look at, Lowry looks great. And then don't act like Hideki ain't there at 9,200. I know Hideki's got some of the injury worries. We'll see how that shakes out with ownership. Maybe that keeps him down. But at the same time, if you go look on paper, Hideki looks pretty good, former winner back in the day. Like, there's all those factors. And then don't forget, I want to get your take. You're usually the Cam Smith whisperer. What are you doing with Cam Smith up at the top at 9,900? I've already heard some some whispers from others on Cameron Smith, but what do you think of him at 9,900? I know I said to knock course history down just a touch uh, at this event. but which is, which is is horrible. Yeah, his is horrible. But so wait, wait a different golfer now. He is. He is a different golfer. Uh, but yeah, that sort of worries me a little bit, just how bad he's been here. Um, just a little bit. So I, you know, I, I'd rather go, if you want to play him, you can play him. He's going to be fine. The guy's a great golfer. Uh, but I mean, like, you know, even last year, he was still, he was still near this level last year. He just come off what a, a runner up at the masters. People were hot on him. He missed a cut here too. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 like a little, if you miss like, you know, two out of five cuts or something like that, but he's missed like what? Like 80% of his cuts here. Yeah. And, and the big issue for him is that, you know, he, he usually does miss off the tee and at like you, you just talked about all his master's success. Like you can get away with that because there's no, there's no thick penal rough that Ugh. you're going to go into and you get screwed out of. He does have a great around the green game. He could somehow keep it in the fairway here, but that would be your biggest worry when you're paying almost 10 K for him see what it looks like as the week shakes out. And then the last two, because we're, we're talking about from a first look perspective, but like Spieth and Zalatoris, uh, Spieth, first of all, obviously the putter still, uh, it, it came back like very small at the Schwab and he's still up the board there. And, you know, that could work out well here, I think. And then you look at Zalatoris, two of the last three missed cuts now, but 
the second at the PGA Championship. You talk about faster bent grass greens like he has at the Masters that he puts well on. Just another great ball striker. You know, is this the spot to hop back on him? So sort of up front for me, like Spieth, Willie Z, Hovland, and Matsuyama. Those are the guys up the middle where I think a lot right now are talking about Smith, Fitzpatrick, and Lowry. I think you can get unique with just those guys from 9,200 to 9,700. Anything else to add uh, from your end on Willie Z or Jordan Spieth? Uh, I mean, I don't see – I mean, Willie seems like this could be his course. I, I might have to see what his ownership is. If it's going to be low again, I might jump on him. Spieth, yeah, we, I'm not sure. Uh, he's, he's been decent here, but not great. Yeah, I, I like what you said earlier with the course history factor, though. Like, just, you know, one, I'm not a big course history guy as it is. Two, uh, I'm just looking at raw talent and potential upside. Like, Spieth. Right now, I'm not a speed guy at all. It's just been crazy. Like even last week, didn't really find that putter and still up the board again. Yeah, like he's, yeah. he's just, you know, I just keep well, thinking. His ball striking here. has been so good. So good. You know, like the thing is, like, which shitty putter do you want on your thing? You want speed or you want? Oh, you want Taurus. I think you want you speed. Probably want speed, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you've been watching lately, like this is, you know, my buddy Hoop over at Run Pure, he always says this. He just he said, well, he like buckled a couple weeks ago. He said, I'm literally, I'm just tired of watching Spieth crush me on these weekends. And it's so true. If you watch Spieth, it doesn't matter where he is. It's like almost easier. Our, our boy Baroff, he posted the other day with the, the Drake now wave, like, you know, four feet for, for par. No, let's get 180 yards from behind the trees. That's no, like no. what Spieth wants. And then forget about that. That's the joke. But when you get around the greens in the bunkers, like look at the RBC heritage, the thing looked damn near plugged from where he was at. It wasn't, but you know what I mean? From that, that playoff against Cantlay and he just pops it up to like two feet, like game over. See ya. Good luck. And, and you know, Cantlay's was more plugged. So, you know, more in there and almost plugged. So it was tough for him, but it just goes to show like, that's the type of guy that you want in your squad. And again, like I said earlier, Kenny, not everyone can play everyone in these ranges. So you do just got to pick your guys and get after it. You can't all week long going to hear people say, Oh, this guy's going to be almost 20% though. Well, they can't all be almost 20%, and the 9K range is loaded. So the ownership is going to get dispersed somewhere. That's my final thoughts as far as that goes. Uh, what are you doing here in this 8K range? I like the young boys, man. Give me Cam Young. Give me Davis Riley. Give me Mito Pereira. Give me the okay. young boys. Give me bets on all of them. Um, Cam, 40. Mito, 45. Davis Riley, 60. Uh, this is the new wave. Uh, of the young guys, the new rookies. Uh, these guys are good. We've seen them. Riley's on some incredible hot streak of top tens. Um, Cam Young's almost won like five times this year. Mito to bounce back from his PGA and finish seventh last week showed me everything I need to know about him. Give me those three guys. I'm rostering them. I am playing the fuck out of them. I am betting them. I'm not even looking at anybody else in the AK range. Give me the three young boys. This is a, a range I love. This is one of the most interesting dynamics I've seen in a long time. And I'm excited about it because first off, you don't have to draw a line in the sand here, but let me just explain it this way. This is how I wrote it down, Kenny. You've got a battle between the young guns and some proven winners now. So you've got uh, who we talked about, Young, Riley, and Mito. And I'll of probably course, play Neiman too. I'll probably play Neiman too. Let me finish. This guy is obviously <laughs> in that group, but the reason I pull him out of that group is because look at his wins now. The guy has proven win, like the win at the Genesis. That was a huge win on top of wins he's already had. You've got Sung J M should be in that group. He's a young gun still. People might forget how young Sung J is, but he's winning. We watched him win, right? We, we know this. And then you've got Homa who like talk about Sam Burns being sneaky. Homa for sure. Probably more volatile. 
not as much consistency, but he's won some huge events now. You can't stop talking about that. Like the guy's winning multiple times in a good short-term form where you could say that he's in there. So you're basically drawing a line in the sand between like young Riley Mito versus the other young guns in Neiman, uh, M and Homa. And then don't forget, you still have Daniel Berger in this range. You've got Corey Connors who usually were jumping to play Corey Connors. Keegan Bradley has been playing some good golf lately. And then even Seamus Power has shown up now at pretty much every style of course in his own right. Uh, and also a winner on the PGA tour. So little things like that in this range uh, for me right now, Kenny, it looked like Sungjae, Cam Young, Homa, Connors, Neiman, Mito. Like that's kind of, and it's six guys, but if I've only got three up top and only four in the neck, in the range above, we're talking being at what? Um, 11, 17 guys. And now you just pump the rest of the seven K's up because six K only has like four or five guys that I like. So uh, just to talk about it that way, I think that's the most interesting dynamic here. Anybody else in this 8K range you like outside of the young guns? I mean, the number, the, you, you can't go. I like Neiman. I'll play him. I mean, the names are great. I wouldn't be pissed off if you played any of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But I, I just believe in these young guys. You've seen it happen at this course where we've seen some guys who look like they're about to explode into, you know, stardom, uh, you know, get it done here. So so, so give, give, me, give me those three guys. Give me those bets. I'm hoping one of them comes through. Yeah. I I love it that you bet them all too. And and there's that last piece that you said though, is like, that's what is the interesting dynamic and why I'll repeat it. But like those guys would, this would be not only their first win, it would be a breakout win and their first win, like double down. Right. It'd be like if Mito won the major last week, his second ever made, like that would have been huge. And maybe that's why he got over it so quick. Cause he's kind of like, ah, I should have had it. Yes, but I'll get more chances. Like it was literally just that first second try for me, but like for me, Sungjae, um, Homa, Neiman, they've already won, but this would be like an even bigger deal. Now, Homa has some pretty good ones like the, in the, you know, the, the ones that he's won. But if you talk about like Neiman or M, I think this would be a big time breakout win for them. So I'm, I'm leaning that side here as of now. Obviously, I like some of those young guns like Cameron Young fits it perfectly. But I, I just, you know, we'll see how it plays out as the week goes on. For me right now, it's the guys I mentioned. Uh, I'll start us off the, the 7K range here because I got some guys that I tagged up here that I liked, but um, not, not a lot besides, what you know, the, the one conversation piece I guess I wanted to have was Bryson. Uh, Bryson's been saving up, man. If you look at his Instagram, he's been playing golf. Like he's, you know, he shows, he's warming up. He says the wrist is getting better. He's posting videos about it. Like, I don't know if he's been waiting for this event or not, but at 7,800, uh, I'd have to take a chance. And I actually bet. Yeah, and yeah, seven. 7,800 and plus do you think he'll even get to double digits? He won't. He'll be like 6% on, right? We'll see, but I would hope. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, my hope is that it's 10 or 15% gets you well overweight, doesn't because crush you completely, and there's immense upside there. This seems like the type of course you have to play Bryson in if he was healthy, right? I mean, like a long course with thick-ass rough. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it probably would have been better for him if the fairways weren't hit at such a high clip uh, overall. But that's because a lot of people are using less to drive. Yeah, uh, you know. So if he's that's, in a three eighty out there, that's even more advantage, though. Like you said, yeah, if those yeah. guys want to use well, you less know, to you drive. Know, you, think, you, think Wingfoot, you think of Wingfoot. There was less than fifty percent, you know, driving accuracy there, and the rough is like you know five inches. So it, of course, he's going to be advantage because everyone's hitting the rough, and he yeah. has those sand. He has a sandwich with a, with a club length of a six iron, so he can just swing it through all that, all that, uh, all that grass really easily. 
Uh, that's a huge advantage in the rough. Having it might not be splitting hairs numbers because, yes, mm. you're right, they'll hit more, more fairways here. But my point would still be everyone assumes because X person clubs down that it just means automatic fairway, and it doesn't. Guys can club down and still hang it right or left. And next thing you know, they're still yeah, well, way if back you hit, there. If you hit a hybrid or, or a three or a five wood, and, you know, a 32 yard wide fairway and you're a pro and you miss the, you miss it. That, that's pretty shitty. It's going to happen. Shit. It's going to happen. Gonna happen. It's going to happen. There's no win. I mean, like, I don't see I think, I think distance for a guy like him is still an advantage. Again, it depends oh, yeah. on how healthy is all I'm saying. Don't get me wrong. I'm with you on the, on the play. That's an I'm added with you bonus on the play. Because I'm at 7,800, you, you don't have to do much. So, I, you know, I'm, you know, Kuchar's there, Patrick Reed, I wanted to talk about. So Reed is definitely interesting. I think he might pick up a little steam, but I honestly don't care. I think, like you said, it's not going to be enough to matter. If he ends up like 20% or something, that'd be a bit of a problem because the range is loaded. There's so many good guys, but I just don't know if it'll get there. We're still talking about Patrick Reed here. So uh, the numbers don't look good in any models or anything like that, but you talk about being better with the driver, the stats that he's got to go with it, longer, tougher courses, good form. And then we talked about that around the green game that might be necessary, the sand game that might be necessary. That's Patrick Reed's game. So faster bent grass greens with some, you know, a little bit of undulation there. I I think he's a better guy to go with. So I like him. I like Bryson. I like Scott. The guys I think will be super popular. Talk about this early on in the week here, but Chris Kirk looks perfect across the board. I think he, and he did okay last week and everything came through. So I think he'll be very popular. I think Tom Hoagie, I don't know how, but this guy keeps getting to like massive chalk lately where it's like, you think he's going to be 10 or 12% and he comes in at like 18% or 20 in some of the high stake stuff. And to well, me, that model chalk. numbers are sick. What's his that? Model numbers are sick. His model numbers are really, really That's good. That's what I'm saying. He looks but incredible. Then last week, model, you know, so. he had four miscuts of colonial in his career. This week he has three miscuts like in his career. So he's never made a cut. Uh, at, yeah. at, at the memorial. So, I mean, like maybe playing on places where he's made cuts before. It might be the way. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes you have to look outside of that stuff. Maybe. Obviously, the numbers yeah, are the numbers, but yeah. like yeah. I always say, it doesn't always go off of that. You can use Fantasy National. We talked about earlier, fantasynational.com slash FGD. Get 20% off and check it out. You can change it to the exact style of courses and everything. That's the fun within it. But it's more the point that I don't mm. think people go that step. And when you've got a range with like uh, Alex Norin, I think Siwoo will get some love, but probably not enough. Aaron Wise did well here last year, can play some good golf. Woodland, club down. You talk about this all the time, Kenny, with him. Here he can club down, play his game. Uh, K.H. Lee looked okay last week at times. A bunch of dudes that you can go to here. Lahiri, C.T. Pan, Luke List, Russell Knox. These are all guys that I'm seeing pop a little bit. They can't all get ownership. I got no problem loading up in this range. And I don't think you need to be forced into playing any of these guys that get to that 15 plus because there will be guys beside them that are 3% or 2% that are pretty much the same golfer. So keep that in mind when you're building within this range, uh, who are some of the guys that you like in, in the seven K range? I like Reed. I like Bryson. You went over. I'm going to play those guys. Uh, I like uh, wise. Uh, really good with his iron chair lately. Like you said, good finish last year. I'm going to play wise. Keith Mitchell is a sung dog monkey pick. Uh, I know Martin is big on um, Keith Mitchell this week, so I can get on a board. Uh, if you want to read why, go read his article, uh, Sundog Monkey's article, at Sundog Monkey. Go check it out. Uh, he goes in-depth on why he likes uh, Killer Keith Mitchell. Uh, this week, Cam Davis showed me some stuff last week with a lot of birdies. Been playing pretty well recently. Had a little downward fall, but coming back up, give me a little Cam Davis in there. Um, uh, that's 
probably about it. Maybe a little Lanto. We'll see. Uh, just because of how, uh, but um, those, those guys that I named off before, those are going to be my, my main guys that I play uh, in the seven K range. Any, um, anybody at the bottom that you like? I was going to ask you about the uh, the Brian Harmon. You you were on him last week in cash. This I don't know. Maybe it could be a better setup for him than last week. I, I don't know. Just he he definitely lit Twitter on fire. I had to th- fire up the jet gifs early last week for Brian Harmon because it was day one when he completely ejected and, and did not bounce back. He had a decent second round, but not nearly enough to get back in and make a cut. So could you go back to a guy like him? Uh, I mean, I don't see why not. You're not going to be – all you need is like 8% to be double the field, probably. He's so, gonna be, yeah. I think he's going to be a fair ownership number this week versus last week he was 37%. In the, the high stakes stuff, the 555, and I think he was still up there quite a bit in the $20 or whatever. So I definitely think he's an opportunity. Uh, you, it's an opportunity that you can go back to a guy like him and, you know, hopefully others are off based on just last week's result. Yep. All right, let's go to the 6K range. My final cash game cornerstone is going to be Brendan Steele. Uh, I think he's made like seven cuts at Memorial in a row. I think he's made five cuts in a row um, uh, on tour. Again, he's known as a a really good ball striker. I mean, it hasn't been of the greatest run for him ball striking. He's been plenty above average. Uh, again, really good uh, with his longer irons, which is something that I like uh, here, for, especially from 175 to 200. I think he's top 10 in the field in the last 50 rounds. He's going to be my punt play. So my casket cornerstones this week are going to be Xander at 10,100, if I'm not mistaken, right? Xander's going to be 10,200. Fitzpatrick at 9,100. Shane Lowry at 9,000. Uh, Brendan Steele at 6,600. At least you 15,100 to fill out the rest of your lineup. Other guys here in the 6K range, I'm not like the biggest fan of very many here at all. Maybe a little Scott Stallings after what he did, Aaron Ryan, when it just comes to talent uh, down there. Uh, Kitayama, uh, another guy who seems to sort of like longer courses. I don't mind him at 6,400. That might be as low as I go. What about you? Yeah, I don't love the range either. Just a couple notes. Uh, you know, Stallings played good last week. Longer course, I think, sets up well for him. Uh, Streelman, good course history. Again, like you said, you're giving that a bit of a downgrade, but at the same time, his price reflects it now. He's down to 6,800. So don't hate that. Um, Johnny Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. Glover. I, can get, I can get on board with Vegas. Yeah, I like Vegas. Uh, I like uh, Adam Long, Glover. Some of those guys, EVR even, stands out. We talk about EVR all the time. When, when do we want to play uh, EVR? And what's he priced at this week? I had him here earlier. He's, um, I think he's in the field. Yeah. Oh, there we go. 6, yeah, 6,600. 6, so we want to play him. I always say this. In strong fields, like majors or WGCs, shorter fields, this is 120. Cheaper price, below 7K. And he just can't get enough ownership at that price. He just won't because Brandon Steele's there. All the other dudes that we talked about. So I don't hate him. Matthew Neesmith was another one. Interesting. So I won't play all these guys, but some of them I'm looking at here. And then a couple quick notes to round it out. So Adam Hadwin pops in the models like crazy, but this is where I talk about it all the time, Kenny. So all the last 50 rounds for him include his uh, February and March where he came like 16th, 26th, 25th, 9th, 7th. The last week of March, he came fourth. Since then, he's not, not only has only played three times, including a major, but 26th miscut and a 71st with the stats getting worse by the minute. So keep that in mind when you're rolling it out. Doesn't mean he won't play good here. Probably get, you know, maybe a little bit of an ownership discount just to keep in mind when people see that in the model, he looks like a great play. You kind of got to dig in a little bit further. And then I was going to ask any, any love for um, Bo Hogue. 
This is the every year people might forget the narrative, right? His grandfather, great friends with Jack Nicholas back in the day, local ties, uh, came in here last year off six missed cuts and came 13th. He's coming in off four missed cuts this year. But if anybody knows the course, and even during the reno last year, he's down at 6,000 stone minimum. So Luke Donald's there too, and it's probably a better play. But just thought I'd bring that up because the, the old Bo Hogue, the Bo Hogue narrative until he makes the Bo Hogie that everyone wants to make fun of and use on Twitter. But what do you, what do you think about Bo Hogue? Uh, I'm good on Bo Hogue. Give me, uh, give me Lucas Glover instead of Bo Hogue. How about that? What about uh, Luke Donald? No, no. Give, give me uh, Glover. Glover's gained like almost 15 strokes with his irons in the last eight rounds. Yeah, 15 strokes good. with his irons in the last good. eight rounds. Like that's Cowan numbers. That's better than more Cowan. Lucas Glover. Is it that good? Wow. It, is, it, it really putting, is solid. Yeah. Putting worse than more Cowan, which is unfathomable. Again, I said that word twice today. Maybe this should be the title. Unfathomable. You got to um, add something to it. We'll, we'll get yeah, to it. Yes. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Right, um, let, let's go to the bets. Uh, bets. All right. So I got Morikawa 18 to 1. Fitzpatrick 25 to 1. Cameo 40 to 1. Mito 45 to 1. Davis Riley 60 to 1. <laughs> Covered all your angles with the young guns. I love it. I, I got, don't think I'm uh, betting. I don't think I'm betting on anyone over the. Oh, no. Mito's 27. All of them in their 20s. Yeah, they're all, all they're all good picks. I think, I think, I think Mito might be the oldest. Mito might be the oldest. How old is Matt Fitzpatrick now? I think you know, twenty seven. I'll look at. Is he? He looks it's like he's close. eighteen. That's why close. I don't know. That's why I don't know. The kid looks like he's like eighteen. He might be twenty seven though. Yeah, he is twenty seven. Yeah, he's there you close. go. All right, I got a little bit different card. I'm you know definitely really worried about these guys at the top. That's what I expect to happen. But I'm I'm just betting for value here. I got Neiman at forty. I got Patrick Reed at sixty. I got Bryson at 80 and Siwoo at 80. This is like the Mayo card. When I talked to him on Wednesday, he'll love this. Luke, really List, Luke List at 150. And then uh, your boy, Brendan Steele at 150 as well. So six bets, all 40 to one or higher. Like just basically looking at it from that perspective now, see if anything else shakes out. But for me, that's what I'm going with for this week. All right, one and done. I'm going with Shane Lowry. I think I got Rory. That's uh, I'm I don't, I didn't look it up for, yet. But... I'm saving Rory for for, for the last, for the FedEx. Oh, yeah. I got Xander, save, too. I, I could use Xander, Rory. so may, maybe I'll use X instead and save Rory and see because... Saving Rory for the FedEx. All right. All right. Anything else? Not for me, for any of that stuff. All right. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article uh, on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save 30% on a membership to Gups Corner. Uh, Good shit going in there. People win lots of money other than me. Not me, but everybody else winning mad dough. Some kid win 50 grand on the final round showdown last week. And I forget which trend one. Maybe it was the $20, another Gup's Corner member. We're printing off winners here recently. Uh, so it's going really well. Always listen to Gup down there. Um, yeah, that's uh, what about you, Tambo? Yeah, f- find me on Twitter at ToeTag and Tambo. Quick note on that because the Tambo's tids- tidbits will be out on Wednesday as always but I'm going to do another contest for that. So when that tweet gets posted, it's the tweet thread with my 15 favorite things I find from throughout the industry, all free articles. They're all sourced. Everything's in there, but retweet the first tweet because for every 100 retweets, I'm giving away a hundred dollar Millie maker ticket at the U S open. It's going to be you know, combined. Let me get one of those. What the hell are you giving away? Like candy. Let me get one of the Millie maker tickets. Shit. Max of 10 <laughs> tickets, max of 10 tickets over the next two weeks. So if it gets 500 retweets this week, 
That's five tickets that we get. You go in the draw for. If it gets 500 the week after, there's the round out to get to the 10 tickets that I'm going to be giving away. It's just giving back from some of the stuff that's happened, good wins lately, things like that. And it helps me to spread exposure, get more interest out there to the threads. Find me on Twitter. So on Twitter, at Toe Tag and Tambo. Follow me there. Turn on the notifications if you want. If not, you don't need to because you can just show up Wednesday morning. That's when it gets posted. Retweet it. As long as you're following me and it got retweeted, you'll be in the draw for those tickets. Other than that, rumpuresports.com. You guys know what it is. Head on over there. You can use pro- promo code DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N-5-0. It's all sports, one price. Get yourself 50% off the first month. we got NBA playoffs rounding out with Showdown. We've got MLB full-fledged. We've got MMA, NASCAR. The golf is just crushing it right now. So check out rumpuresports.com. Use promo code DGEN50. Get yourself signed up for 50% off your first month. All right, so it's a big week. Jack's tournament. I really want one of them fucking milkshakes. That's a life goal right there. Give me one of fucking Jack's milkshakes. Some point in my life, that's what I need. Other than the money, we're all going to win. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. Give me a goddamn milkshake. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I 